In nursing, we're so used to working with frameworks. One of the most important frameworks that nurses or those in the medical practice use is the ABCDE framework. They help us prioritize our approach to patient care and serve as a good guidance as to what needs to be assessed and intervened first. This is the Nurse Talks Podcast. My name is Ed, and for this episode, let's talk about primary survey, the ABCDE assessment in nursing. ABCDE is an acronym which stands for Airway, Breathing, Circulation, Disability, and Exposure. This ABCDE framework is a tool that serves as a guide for healthcare providers to assess their patients and is specifically very, very useful in critical situations or in life-threatening situations. This ABCDE framework can be used in pre-hospital settings, that means like outside the hospital settings, and as well as in in-hospital settings. One thing to take note though, is that the ABCDE, though a very useful guide, really is an integration of other clinical skills and as well as other frameworks. So frameworks I'm talking to, like you have the ACVPU um, tool, which is to assess the patient's level of consciousness, or you also have the Glasgow Comma Scale, which is also to assess the patient's level of consciousness. You have the SBAR method, which is a communication technique that we use, or in healthcare we use this, but um, yeah, I'm sure other professionals use this as well, but it is a technique in relaying an information to another professional, and SBAR, is very very useful in this case because your findings in the ABCDE assessment needs to be relayed. I mean you can't keep it to yourself. So if the ABCDE is very very new to you, if you're a student and listening to this podcast, now welcome. The ABCDE is actually a very universal, it's actually a universal tool. Um, Most nurses and healthcare providers from all over the world are really are very, very aware of the ABCDE. And the beauty about the ABCDE is that it is already a mnemonic in itself. It helps us remember, because uh, that's the alphabet, ABCDE, and how it's implemented in practice is it has to be done in on a chronological manner, meaning you start with A first, which is assessing the airway, then you proceed with breathing, circulation, disability and exposure. That's how it works. You don't start with letter E, then you go with B, then you go with D, then you go with A. That's not how it works. It starts with A, B, C, D, E. Um, one thing to bear in mind though, uh, since the A, B, C, D approach is can or can be applied outside hospital settings, you always need to ensure that you're also safe whenever you approach an individual and or if you're trying to help an individual and perform these assessment skills um, you know each situation is always different so it's really really useful that we use our clinical judgment and as well as critical thinking skills and we just need to ensure that the environment is safe and it's safe for you to help your patient the ABCDE framework is 
sometimes um, integrated in trainings like um, you have advanced life support or immediate life support so sometimes they do integrate this because it is a basic tool and very useful tool and should be very very easy to remember um, another thing to consider is uh, since the ABCDE is an integration of of clinical skills because you do apply your clinical skills in order to proceed or to have a complete not really complete but at least a, a good assessment on each component um, so that's just one thing and you when you apply these things in practice you do get to master it from time to time so maybe in the beginning it might be overwhelming but at least the framework is there to help you I can remember the time when I was a student when you're a student uh, you're still really um, really trying to learn things and as far as I can remember when I am in the clinical area it can be very very difficult to to approach patients or to do your assessment if you don't have a framework in mind and um, in healthcare we are so used to frameworks and it really helps us with our practice in ways that it can make things more systematic and we will have that guide to allow us to get information uh, as much as possible and without missing uh, vital uh, things that are considered as vital so by using these frameworks it helps us to actually get the information that is needed and again serves as a very good guide for us so how this ABCDE works is um, you know sometimes you have to do it in an instant um, like in in for example in emergency room situations or A&E situations so it depends on the case of your patient for some patients this ABCDE framework may be easily done like if your patient is really well just talking to you ambulating and uh, very calm you can just get the ABCDE in an instant in a very stable patient in non-stable patients this may be more challenging so you do need to have to or you do need to use your clinical eye like looking at the 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 movement of the patient's chest when they breathe or hearing using your senses so the first thing is bef before everything else when a patient comes in into the unit or into the department even before you perform your ABCDE you're always going to have a general impression of your patient in a split second you're always going to have going to have going to have a general impression of your patient so this is useful sometimes you don't even have to do anything just by looking at them just by using your senses you can already have a general impression of your patient you know if they're unconscious you know if they're conscious you can already tell if they're pale are they cyanotic just in a split few seconds before you even approach them at the bedside so that's useful information already and then once you have you have approached your patient um, you apply the ABCDEs then you start with the A which is the airway now what are things to to take note in the airway so airway assessment is always about checking the patency of the airway is the airway obstructed like fully obstructed or is it partially obstructed or maybe there's no obstruction at all usually if the patient can talk like what I'm doing right now you can really tell that it's it's not obstructed um, partial obstruction you may still hear some sound um, there are different uh, di different 
breath sounds, which gives us clues as to what is obstructing or how obstructed the airway is. Um, examples like snoring, for example, which may be a cause uh, like tongue obstruct or anatomical features obstructing the airway or you could also have like wheezing for example in the case of um, asthmatic uh, attacks where they suffer from bronchospasms um, so obstruction can be caused by many things obstruction can either be caused by something that was external like a foreign object like for uh, like for example kids uh, accidentally uh, swallowing uh, small, I don't know, maybe small parts. That's why it's not really safe for them to play on, you know, it depends on the age. Uh, it, it depends on the age little, for little kids. Uh, it's not really safe for them to play with toys which have very small parts that can be taken off. I mean, if you look at toys, there is a specific age range, which is only um, advised I mean there's a specific age range uh, at the back of packages to advise us that this specific toy is only appropriate for a specific or a child with a in within a specific age range so that's one thing to consider with uh, assessing for the airway you have to look at uh, you have to look at the patency of the airway through your using your senses sense of sight uh, sense of hearing because the hearing sometimes guides you as to what breath sounds are are there and with the breath sounds it gives you clues as to what is obstructing is the obstruction a cause caused by secretions or vomitus or is it caused by uh, the tongue tongue obstructing the airway and um, whatever the cause is once you are able to determine the specific cause then you treat according to the situation so for example secretions for example so suction the secretions or if the tongue is obstructing in an unconscious patient then you can turn them in a sideline position to at least open the airway a bit and allow for air to flow and it's really really a case-to-case -case basis um, like in in cases like in asthma for example because of the uh, bronchoconstriction uh, they may need uh, medical intervention wherein they'll be given nebulizations uh, of course it depends on the severity as well then you proceed to breathing which is letter B the second letter of the acronym ABCDE and in here we look at the rise and fall of the chest we try to uh, check the respiratory rate the as well as the rhythm and quality and depth of respirations uh, these are very very important and on top of that we need to also check if are the two lungs expanding when they breathe so is it is there bilateral expansion um, that's also one thing that we need to look into in the letter B the breathing um, in here we can see uh, different uh, we should be able to also at least have an idea as to what is the rhythm so rhythms can either be normal it can either be fast like in the case of hyperventilation or it could be slow like in the case of hypoventilation or 
there could be other abnormal types of respiration rhythms as well, such as Cain-Stokes respirations, especially for those patients who have uh, damage into their brainstem, or there could be like Cosmol's respirations, which is a very fast uh, respiration rhythm, which may be caused like in some conditions like uh, diabetes mellitus, like it's a complication like uh, diabetic ketoacidosis. So sometimes patients with DKA, they may present with Cosmol's respirations. So these are the things that we have to look into with breathing. Um, and then in letter C, which is the next stage, uh, of course, if there's a problem with breathing, uh, you treat those problems so that you can proceed with C. So that's how the ABCDE works all the time. It's always about uh, following it in a chronological approach. Then you treat the problem before proceeding to the next. Like for example, airway, if the airway is compromised, you treat that, you treat the obstruction, you, you clear the airway, because if you don't clear the airway, there's no point of addressing the others. Like for example, if there was a, if the patient had a wounded leg and the airway was compromised. So definitely the compromised airway must be prioritized first. So the third letter in the acronym, letter C, this stands for circulation. So this is where you assess for the patient's blood pressure. You check their heart rate, their pulse rate. You try to feel for it. It's always important to feel the pulses because that by, by feeling the pulses or by palpating it, you will be able to check for the volume of the pulse, the depth, and as well as the rhythm. The rhythm. Um, is it regular? Is it irregular? And in circulation, letter C, you also check for blood pressure. Um, you can also check for the autosaturations. Um, autosaturations uh, can also give you clues as to the yeah, circulation, but as well as oxygenation of the patient. And capillary refill is also one thing that can be checked here. Um, capillary refill time usually is should be less than two seconds, two to three in some in some textbooks, but uh, it should be when you perform the Blanche test, which can be done by pressing, for example, the the tip of your finger and just watching for the color of the where the fingernail is. So if the fingernail is pink, when you press it, it turns white. And then when you remove the pressure upon pressing the tip of the f of your finger, then the circulation should return immediately in a few seconds, in less than two seconds or less than three seconds, depends on the, uh, on the textbook because uh, they usually differ. So always follow your hospital policies for this because with regards to uh, to normal values, this always varies slightly from institution to institution and from textbook to textbook. So those are the things that we look into circulation and whatever problems you've seen here, using your clinical judgment, you then treat. Um, problems in circulation can, uh, the treatment here may involve starting an IV line or whichever is applicable, uh, they may they may uh, perform uh, blood transfusions. They may also, um, sometimes um, inotropic therapies may be done, like in the case of cardiogenic shock, uh, they may have to initiate um, inotropes in order to support 
the patient's uh, circulation and as well as at least keep the blood pressure up. So it's a case-to-case -case scenario, so always use your clinical judgment, always use your critical thinking skills when using these frameworks. Then we proceed with letter D, which is the fourth letter of the acronym. This stands for disability, so this is where you assess for the level of consciousness. So level of consciousness, there are tools to use for this. Examples, you have the Glasgow Comma Scale, you also have the ACVPU, um, method or framework and Glasokama scale um, and ACVPU they, they do assess for the level of consciousness but there are some differences uh, in especially in the GCS um, they, there's, it's, it's more of a scoring method and uh, they will also look into like uh, muscle responses like the strength and while ACVPU mostly just concerns with is the patient fully awake or are they confused are they only responding to voice are they responding to pain only or pain stimulus or are they completely unresponsive and in addition to to what is included in the disability section of the ABCD approach this is also where you also um, check for blood sugar levels because sometimes patients with hypoglycemia may present with unconsciousness especially for severe hypoglycemia sometimes they could experience hypoglycemic coma um, so uh, in addition to that you check for limb movement maybe there are fractures or maybe there are some paralysis going on depends on what the problem really is then the last letter in the ABCDE framework is letter E which stands for exposure so this is where you check for the patient's wounds or could there be some uh, other injuries uh, maybe ulcers um, um, yeah it could be really everything sometimes I always add something to E like of course it's exposure and I always put and everything else I always play place and everything else and that just really helps me because you really need to 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 assess maybe there are other problems which may be hidden which may be hidden under their clothes maybe there's uh, there are some injuries under their clothes which you, you were not able to see because if they were covered and of course when you do assess this uh, assess uh, always uh, make sure that uh, that you respect their their uh, privacy um, and as well as make sure that they are well covered and um, that's what the ABCDE is and one thing to bear in mind is the ABCDE although it is a very useful framework for initial assessment assessment usually is done regularly so even if you perform the ABCDE now they, you still have to perform ABCDEs later and continuously because patients condition can change especially in life-threatening situations upon doing your initial ABCDE they might be stable but maybe in the next few minutes or next few hours they could change maybe they could improve better they could be become much or they could improve or they could deteriorate further so these are the things that you have to consider as well so you have to initially assess and then reassess and that's just how it works in healthcare 
Once the patient has been stabilized, once you have already recognized the, the potential problems or, or you have tried to prioritize the problems and address them, then you proceed with your secondary survey and other assessments. Of course, this podcast will only talk about the ABCDE primary survey, but in practice, we also have what we call as the secondary survey, which will involve uh, looking at a patient's past medical history, what are their allergies, what food did they last ate, and so forth, and and also other assessments may be applied as well, like the head-to-toe assessment, and that's just how it works in clinical practice. So. I hope with this uh, ABCDE tool or ABCD podcast on the ABCDE, it has helped enlighten you a bit about how this framework is used. But just as a reminder, uh, ABCDE is a useful tool, but at the end of the day, it's really how you use it in practice, how you are going to use your clinical judgment, and how you're going to use your clinical knowledge and clinical, clinical skills to come up with a very beautiful and uh, complete assessment and as well as how are you going to relay that information properly to the physician or to whoever is attending which in which you need to refer into and yeah this has been a very useful tool and really highly endorsed by a lot of organizations and it's also universal and very helpful for us as well because with frameworks it's always something that can guide us and make things more systematic especially in situations like this where it could be very chaotic because patients patients like patient is in a life-threatening situation so with a framework it just clears our mind a bit as to how we're going to approach it considering the high stress situation and definitely the ABCDE is one so there we have it that's the ABCDE primary survey podcast episode and thank you very much for listening you've been listening to nurse talks a podcast about nursing academics study skills health and social care don't forget to subscribe to nurse talks on spotify youtube or facebook just type and search nurse talks ig on facebook and click like